Move-in day at college is typically chaotic. When I first arrived at Harvard Yard in September 2017, it was packed with lanyard-wearing, wide-eyed freshmen. I checked in at a table under a big white tent where I picked up my student ID, a copy of the class yearbook, all the things I'd need to start my first year at college. As upperclassmen helped move new students in, Dean of the college, Rakesh Karana, snapped selfies with some of us. There was an energy to the scene. I unpacked my stuff in my dorm and for the next few days navigated a whirlwind of orientation programming. The rest of the undergrad population trickled back to campus over the next week, and the near-constant buzz of activity, club info sessions, advising meetings, house events, continued through shopping week. When you're a freshman, move-in is exciting because it marks the beginning of your college journey. When you're an upperclassman, move-in is when you reunite with friends and party away the last few days of summer vacation. It's hectic, it's energizing, it's sometimes scary. Fast-breaking developments in the coronavirus emergency in the U.S. and around the world. The number of cases soaring just today. But now, move-in is completely different. In fact, it's online for most of us. The virtual move-in experience ranges from setting up a desk at home to moving to a remote quarantine house with blockmates. For the minority of students who are physically moving in, the process is regimented and clinical. When you arrive during your assigned move-in time, you get a COVID test, pick up some bagged meals, and then head right to your room to self-isolate. For now, isolation, virtual hangouts, and lectures streamed over Zoom are the new normal at Harvard. And that's what this podcast is about. New normal. I'm Kai McNamee from the Harvard Crimson, and in this eight-part series, we'll be exploring what it means to be a student in a pandemic. Episode 1, A Mostly Virtual Move-In. When the pandemic was really starting to hit U.S. cities in March, Harvard moved all classes to a virtual format and sent the majority of students home. For the rest of the spring semester and most of the summer, one huge question remained on students' minds. What's Harvard going to look like in the fall? The answer came on July 6th, when the school officially announced classes would stay virtual. 40% of students would be allowed to physically return to campus, including the entire freshman class. Upperclassmen would be able to petition for housing. Yeah, I mean, it was obviously a huge disappointment. Um, I think when we left campus in March, um, a lot of people kind of assumed that it would be an extended spring break or it would just be until the end of the spring semester. So even though we kind of thought, you know... That's Jolade Adebakun, class of 2023. Um, She'll be taking classes virtually from her home in Arizona, so her moving experience has been entirely online. Although Harvard's fall plan allowed up to 40% of the undergrad population to live on campus, only around 25% are actually moving in. So Jolade's experience, a virtual move-in, is more common than not for students enrolling this semester. Um, I think when we got the email, I think I was, I was on FaceTime, I think, with one of my friends. And it was kind of just like, oh, like, that this really sucks. But it was kind of expected. I think also... Um, a lot of my friends were angry at Harvard for making that decision, and I think a lot of people still are. Mm-hmm. Angry about what? Um, angry that it seems like other schools with less resources have, like financial resources, have been... Um, it seems like other schools have been trying harder to bring their students back to campus, and so I think people are angry that Harvard has the most financial resources, but doesn't outwardly seem to be trying that hard. 
A lot of the frustration with the school's decision stems from the idea that a virtual semester is just less valuable than an in-person semester. On the academic side of things, classes over Zoom just aren't as engaging as in-person sessions for students like Josh Berry, class of 2021. He'll be enrolling this semester, and he's part of the 25% who will be on campus. Using Zoom as a platform and using the online education, you know, it sort of goes back to, at least for me, it seems like I'm watching a YouTube video. And when I watch YouTube videos, I check out halfway through. Uh, and, you know, maybe it's because in person it's harder to stop paying attention to the professor, but over Zoom it's very easy to check out and then find out, you know, oh, the lecture's over or the seminar's 30 minutes in and I haven't written a single thing down in my notebook. A huge part of the undergrad experience is also defined by random and casual interactions that are hard to replicate over video calls. When you live on campus, you live and breathe Harvard, and that's one of the things that makes the college experience special. A big part of the college education that's really at the very core of what Harvard provides to its students is the on-campus experience through extracurriculars, through social life, and serendipitous social interactions that you get just walking through the yard or the dining hall. Um, And I really lean towards taking time off, but I think um, a couple things swayed my mind to enrolling. For a lot of students, Harvard's fall plan is disappointing. So disappointing that around 20% of the undergrad population opted out of enrolling this semester entirely. They'll be graduating a semester or two later than initially expected. Joel, Day, and Josh had some degree of choice when it came to enrolling, and there are plenty of reasons to do so. First, it's still kind of Harvard. We're still learning from professors at the top of their field. The format is just slightly different. Second, Opting out of this semester likely means you'll have to find something else worthwhile to do, like a job or an internship, but the pandemic is making that hard too. Third, on a related note, some seniors have postgrad jobs lined up already, and they just need to finish their degrees first. Considering how volatile the current job market is, enrolling would be a safe choice if you're in this position. Fourth, there are academic considerations. If you're working on a thesis, you might have to enroll, and you might even have to be on campus to finish everything on time. If you're a sophomore or junior on the pre-med track, for example, you might already have a post-grad plan that doesn't allow for a semester off. But I don't want to frame this enrollment dilemma as universal. Taking a break from college requires some form of privilege. Money, for example, could be a reason for enrolling. For this year's financial aid awards, Harvard is including a $5,000 allowance per semester for what they're calling remote room and board. If, like me, you receive significant aid from the college, that's a big deal. And while the U.S. sees record-breaking unemployment numbers, it's money that could help a lot of students' families, too. We'll talk more about equity and access to Harvard in the pandemic in a later episode. But reasons for enrolling aside, there's still that 20% of students I mentioned who are taking time off from school. And for them, postponing graduation is worth it for the chance to experience a more typical Harvard sometime in the future. Dante LaQuadra, originally class of 2023, is one of those students choosing not to enroll this semester. He'll be working instead. Yeah, so I did actually petition to go back on campus, um, and I got it. I chose not to do it just because of some of the, the, you know, the stories and rumors that I heard for what campus would be like. Dante's referring to some of the speculated social distancing measures the school would have in place. In July, for example, the Crimson reported on a potential plan for self-contained social pods. The pod restrictions haven't actually been implemented as no, of now. I just think that literally none of my friends were going back. I think I know one person who also petitioned and who was going back. So it just like wouldn't be the same. It would obviously, honestly be a little sad. Um, and I had, since I was able to get a job, um, a paying job, I had like the financial means to, to move elsewhere. 
Um, if I wasn't fortunate enough to have that, I, you know, would have probably gone on campus. But um, I am like a computer science major and I have some like past internship experience. So I was in a position where I was able to find an internship that's paid, which um, for, for freshmen and sophomores is is hard a lot of the times. So far in this episode, we've talked about Harvard's fall plan, student reactions, and what it all means for enrollment. A few numbers have popped up that are important for contextualizing all of this, and I'll lay it out here. According to estimates from the administration, 20% of students aren't enrolling at all, like Dante. Around 55% of students are enrolling, but attending virtual classes from a location that is not Harvard. That means students like Joel Day. That leaves 25% of students enrolled and living on campus. That includes Josh, who we talked to earlier, and Albert Zhang, class of 2024. Um, and yeah, so uh, the process was clear. It was just like you know Harvard described in the emails. Um, I met a lot of cool people so far. The staff here are really nice and really excited to be on campus at Harvard. Albert arrived at his assigned move-in time on Monday, August 24th. And we arrived, uh, first thing, we went to the Science Center to get tested for coronavirus. There is a white tent, markers on the ground to indicate where to stand, and medical professionals on scrubs and face shields to help with the tests. There are some Harvard staff there that just greet you. So uh, I, I saw uh, uh, Dean Corona, also President Bacow was there. After using the test kit to swab his nose. Uh, I picked up some meals from the, like the food truck that's right next door. And then headed to his room for a mandatory 24-hour quarantine. After getting a negative result, Albert was free to go outside for 30 minutes at a time. Over the course of the next week, he conducted two more self-administered tests. For the rest of the semester, students living on campus are required to take three of these tests per week. If any of those tests ever come back positive, they'll receive instructions from the university on how to isolate. On top of that, students are obligated to wear masks whenever they're not in their dorms, avoid socializing in person, adhere to physical distancing guidelines, and more. This is all in the residential community compact students are required to sign before moving in. Now with the semester underway at most colleges, schools all over the U.S. have seen COVID spikes ranging in severity. The University of Iowa has confirmed over 1,000 cases, Arizona State University over 900. The University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill reported clusters in several dorms. Colorado College put entire residence halls under quarantine and scaled back its efforts to bring students to campus. Harvard's Community Compact emphasizes that safety on campus is a collective responsibility. So I asked the students I talked to for their perspective on that. Here's Albert. Well, I think I have a lot of faith in Harvard and the Harvard community. Um, I know Harvard's not perfect, right? No college is perfect. No student body is entirely perfect either. But I think Harvard has done a really good job of, like, putting in these uh, restrictions and guidelines that make sense and are also feasible like it's not like they said oh like you cannot leave your dorm for two seconds even right like they they, they give us like 30 minutes um you know the wi-fi is good enough so like i can easily just like stay in contact with people um and i think you know of course there's part of me that wonders like oh like will harvard end up like unc or one of those other colleges that unfortunately tragically had you know COVID outbreaks um i think you know, Harvard has done a very good job in terms of putting up these guidelines, and also I think Harvard students in general are very responsible. Is it possible that some students will break the rules um, and, you know, uh, endanger themselves in the community? I think it's very possible, um, but I, I have a lot of faith and trust in our community.
New Normal is a podcast from the Harvard Crimson about students in a pandemic. It's produced and edited by me, Kai McNamee. This episode had some help from Juliet Eiselbacher and Amanda Sue. A university spokesperson did not respond to my interview request. New Normal will be back in two weeks for an episode on the freshman experience. <laughs>